the Bible Study Podcast, episode 185. Today, the Bible Study Podcast starts a study of Revelation. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. I start this study with some fear and trembling, as this is a very difficult book to understand, so I make no promises as we start this study that we will study every chapter in Revelation. We may, in fact, skim over some. We'll just have to see how that goes. I say the name of this book is Revelation, or the Revelation to John. If you were looking at a Catholic Bible, you'd see the word apocalypse, which means to reveal. So that's the same name, just in a different language. That's the Greek word that's being used there. And this is a book that is written by John, generally held to be John, who is the author of the gospel, John as in James and John, the sons of Zebedee. Now, there are some Bible scholars who think it's a different John, but the authority of this being John the Apostle goes back pretty far to the second century, at least. The author, Justin Martyr, who wrote in the second century, attributed this book to John. So I'm going to be assuming as I study this that we're talking about John the Apostle. But I did want to bring up that that is not incontrovertible. But the book starts like this. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants... What must soon take place? He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, who testifies to everything that he saw, that is, the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Blessed is the one who reads the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear it, and take to heart what is written in it, because the time is near. This is a book that is written probably later than every other New Testament book, and it is written in a time period where the church is already started to be persecuted. Our understanding is that this is written by John on the island of Patmos, probably already in exile, and that quite possibly by the time that this is written, all of the other apostles have been martyred. And so part of the problem that we have with understanding the book of Revelation is the book of Revelation is not written to be obvious to the casual observer who picks it up. And so there are definitely parts of it that because it's written to a church in persecution, are written in somewhat code. And I'll we'll talk more about that as this goes along. And so that the Romans couldn't pick it up and know that which parts of it were talking about them and just make things worse. It's also definitely written with a theme that this is like skipping ahead to the last chapter in the book and finding out who did it and who wins. And so this is a book that the overall theme of this book, I'm going to claim, is that God wins in the end, which is a very important theme you have to understand to a church that is undergoing persecution and understanding that this persecution will end and that God will triumph. And so we will see continuously that theme come to this book. And we learn here in the first four verses that it is prophecy. It is God speaking forth what he says, but it is also prophecy in the sense of telling something that's going to happen in the future. One of the reasons that I hesitate to study Revelation is there's been a lot of studies like the late great planet Earth, which I read when I was in high school, maybe, that try to look at Revelation and maybe also Ezekiel, which is written in a similar style, and give specific names and dates and times. This will happen when, and this will happen who, and this is who Magog is, and this is who Gog is, and all of these other things that are obscure in the book and 
and certainly Hal Lindsey made a lot of money by explaining them, although I would say not necessarily in an accurate fashion. Remember that as we look at anything that has to do with the end times, that Jesus told us that only the Father knows the date and the time of his return. So some of this is not intended to be revealed to us at this time. John continues here, starting in verse 4. John to the seven churches in the province of Asia. Grace and peace to you from him who is, and who was, and who is to come, and from the seven spirits before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood, and has made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve his God and Father, to him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all the peoples of the earth will mourn because of him, so shall it be. Amen. I am the Alpha and Omega, says the Lord God, who is, and who was, and who is to come, the Almighty. This is a section my Bible labels greetings and doxology. So greetings in the sense that John is saying hello, but doxology meaning talking about God and who God is. But language that is talking about God and talking about the story of who Jesus is and who we are in the context of that story, ones who have been freed by his blood, who have been made a kingdom and priests. One of the things that we'll notice that's very different in this book and we'll see it in the next section here from the Gospels, for instance, is we're talking about, when we talk about Jesus in this book, a post-resurrection Jesus sitting on his heavenly throne. And so when we look at Jesus and we see Jesus and John is about to meet the risen Lord, this is a frightful and powerful Jesus. This is not a Jesus of suffer the little children to come unto me, but this is a Jesus who has the power of God in a very manifest way. And remember that, again, written to a church that is undergoing persecution, to see the power of God is a comforting thing because they can see the power of Rome and they can see what Rome is doing. This is the first persecution of the church, the persecution of Nero, the persecution where Peter is crucified upside down, Andrew on a cross of Andrew, and Paul is beheaded, and Christians are turned into torches at Nero's dinner parties. And so it is important for them to understand the power of God and also this timelessness of God. Do you see twice in this section here, we get the God who was, who is, and who is to come, all the Almighty. And so we get a God who is beyond time, who has been existing, who this time period that we're going through is, that is so difficult is a small thing to this big God. And so John continues here, one like the Son of Man. I, John, your brother and companion in suffering and kingdom and patient endurance that are ours in Jesus, was on the island of Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. On the Lord's day, I was in the spirit and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet, which said, write on a scroll which you see and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. And so John has given instructions here on the Lord's Day. He is he says on Patmos because of the testimony of Jesus, and that's where we understand him to be in exile. Patmos is a little tiny island off of the coast of what is now Greece. And these seven churches in Asia, Asia is a province of Rome, which is now in the country of Turkey. And so all of these places, while they are Greek places, are now what we would call Turkey. 
So Ephesus certainly is well known. Laodicea is very close to Ephesus. Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love, is named after this Philadelphia, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis. So all of these are places that are the Greek-speaking church in the Roman province in the Roman province of Asia, which is now in Turkey. I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And among the lampstands was someone like a son of man, dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet with a golden sash around his chest. His head and hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and out of his mouth came a sharp double-edged sword. His face was like the sun shining in all its brilliance. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead, and behold, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death and Hades. Write, therefore, what you have seen, what is now, and what will take place later, the mystery of the seven stars that you saw in my right hand, and of the seven golden lampstands is this. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. And so he is seeing at this point the risen Christ, and he is terrified. This is, as we say, if this is John, who is the beloved of Jesus, John, who was a, the closest apostle to Jesus, even that John when he sees Jesus in his glory, is struck as though dead. This is a Jesus who is filled with power. Out of his mouth came a double-edged sword, his face like the sun shining in all its brilliance. This is a Jesus whose godly essence is uncloaked and made visible to John here, and it's frightening power. And he is told to write a letter to the seven churches. And that's what we're going to do next week is we're going to start a series of letters that address what's going on in each of the seven churches that were named. So this book is intended to be an encouragement to a specific set of churches in a specific place in a specific time. Now, obviously, we get encouragement from it also, and then also some confusion because we don't know that context. But we're going to see that this book starts with a context, and it starts with the context of these seven churches, these seven places, these seven bodies of believers. Remember, church is not a building. Church buildings won't be built for 100 years at least by this point. But these seven churches, these seven groups of believers in these seven places, and it's going to deal with very specific issues that they have. But you'll have to come back next time to hear that because we're going to wind up this episode of the Bible Study Podcast now. If you have any questions, feel free to send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com or leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Hi, I'm Zach. And I'm Randy. And we're from Salty Saints Podcast. We're a theology and apologetics podcast. We hope to better equip you to be salt and light for your community. Uh, We hope that we can help you to go out and be a reflection of Jesus Christ to those around you, uh, to your friends and your family, and especially to those that do not know Christ. To find out more, subscribe at lifeaudio.com.